0: Every
1: time for a chance. Hold that lot. Hold yep. that pull Hold that lever, pull that lever, man. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's the same. It's the same addictive personality mm-hmm. um, that that loot boxes would draw out of you, and you know uh, you're going to get a lot less support from that too. Uh, if you're addicted to loot boxes, a lot less likely uh, you'll get support from family or friends as opposed to you go to the casino. Every Friday and you blow your paycheck, right? People are more likely to step in on that because you're going somewhere, you're doing an mm-hmm. action that people identify. Loot boxes, chances are you can be you're doing sitting that here by
2: yourself. By yeah. yourself, yeah. No one knows. Yeah, that addiction. Silent just, addiction.
0: Addiction just grows, right. man. It, it gets ever more hungry, uh, as we all know, because uh, we're everybody probably here is probably addicted to MMOs, so we know we know a little something about addiction, right?
1: I don't have a problem
0: yeah i don't either i like my problem
1: (laughs) he's like me either but i like my problem wait (laughs) welcome to the party we are looking for more your podcast for all things gaming with a focus on mmos rpgs game development and gaming culture I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg, and I'm joined by returning party member, the Nathan Napalm. Welcome back, buddy. Hey, glad to be here, man. Yeah, definitely. And we got a, a new face on the show here as a guest today. We got Renfell. Welcome in, man. Hello, hello. Hello and uh yeah so before we dig in too far friends uh we gotta give a big shout out to all the supporters here on twitch youtube all the podcast places man all the comments all the topics you all submit week after week it really does help um and the support obviously keeps our bags packed provisions stocked for all of our adventures here on the show um and we got a few things to share today before we get started number one is uh if you enjoy the show, follow us on uh, Twitter at The LFM Show. You can also leave a message uh, on the phone at 1-539-664-6801, and you can leave mail for our grunt to get to us over at the LFM Show at gmail.com. And uh, so first, I got I to gotta hit on this one point real quick. Um, so Lexer is no longer on the show. I know I have mentioned this on other channels and everything. He had to step away uh, for the foreseeable future. I don't know when he'll return. Uh, but we really do wish him the best, and it was on absolutely good terms, but he will be missed. We'll miss having him on 100%, and uh, hopefully sometime in the future, we'll see him again. Uh, but just wanted to make sure that people that listen to this and, and actually pay attention to the show, um, and you don't see him if it doesn't happen for a long time or ever again, just know that it was you know, for no ill reason or anything like that. It was just life happens, things change, and that is a universal constant, and uh, and that kind of came to pass around here. So, uh, But... With that being said, definitely looking for more. That is the show, so I'm gonna really kind of like look to get another one to two members on the show. The the Ashes Pathfinder podcast, which is a uh, kind of like a sister um, or fellow podcast, if you will, for this particular one, um, that covers Ashes of Creation specifically. Um, this is something that um, I have learned as a podcaster happens over the course of your your podcasting experience is that you will especially I think in the first I don't know I'd say 50 episodes easy 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 you go through a period of and if you don't already have dedicated people who are just like 100% from the very beginning they're dedicated to the show along the way like you are destined to more than likely pick up new members new guests and things like that Uh, people that are going to join sometimes they just aren't a good fit sometimes they can't stay for long Um, but every now and again um, you find the ones that stick and fit the show culture and are there. And Nathan's definitely one of those people. Um, you know, we started with what I think Wondering Miss has been on, uh, Total Freak, uh, another homie, uh, Lexer. We've had we've had a lot of different you know faces on the show and stuff. And now Renfell's here, and um, you know he's kind of saying he's gonna he's gonna probably be available and on board for a little while. So that'll be fun because it'll be interesting to see um, what you bring to the conversations. And uh, on that note, we are gonna look for probably one to two more people um and i've talked about it before but i really do want to fill this party up and have a fuller show more rants as usual but um yeah so renfield i i do this in typical form uh for anyone who's new that comes on the show um maybe you could kind of tell people now we've mentioned you here on the show before uh sure. around saga of Leucemia specifically um we met a year over a year ago now
2: like two years ago i think probably oh my god was it <laughs> maybe like a year and a half Shit. year and a half ago maybe okay yeah the pandemic screwed everybody's timeline it up, really so. did
1: it did ain't that the truth um but yeah uh, i met you around saga glycemia so maybe you could kind of tell everybody else who is kind of hearing you here for the first time uh sure. kind of what you're involved in what you work on uh kind of what your uh what your passions are around gaming and and all of that stuff and kind of tell them about yourself
2: yeah, these days, I'm mostly working. I have a project that I'm working on with my wife and my brother, which we do, which is a step back from what I was working on for the past, basically, seven years. Um, so for those who do know me, you know that. For those of you who don't, um, back in 2014, I started uh, Stormhaven Studios and the Saga Blues MMORPG. And for various reasons, I'm no longer involved in that as the end of last year. And at the beginning of this year, my brother, my wife, and I Started a new project, which is a little different because we're not doing an MMORPG this time around. We are doing a tabletop world book series and a single-player point-and-click adventure game that harkens back to like the Quest for Glory type stuff. So as far as gaming goes, that's what I work on, um, and that's my kind of side gig. And then I have a day job in marketing um, with travel-based stuff. And then playing-wise, I, I I play a lot of things these days. But that's that's the quick and easy version
1: nice man yeah it's good to have you on man it's been the first time Thank you've been you. on the show and I know we've chat before so I think it'll be a good time everybody we're gonna really have a lot of fun here and uh yo uh, this is kind of the the thing it's been a couple weeks I know since our last show um but yeah usually we kind of talk about like what's been what's been up for everybody in the past week at gaming obviously we've got some uh topics today um which you know several of these are gonna fit in real nicely for the culture of all of us on the show and the things we like are really into and everything but yeah i guess in no in particular order anyone just jump in like what have y'all been up to in the past like you know a couple weeks since last show
0: it's been some dark age camelot for me still mm. um still running that guild and leveling people up and we got a bunch more people to 50 this week um so um i hoping to actually play after the show uh, help power level some more people, but that—that's what I've been up to. I've uh, been on the sly late at night uh, when I can't sleep. I've also been enjoying some uh, WoW Classic again. Uh, you know, got to get ready for—got to get ready for Burning Crusade. So I've been playing a little bit of that too.
2: I have been—I uh, have my regular staple is Lord of the Rings Online, so I play that a couple nice. times a week, um and then every two weeks I do my Lotro cooking in real life show where I take recipes. From the game, and I do them on YouTube. My wife helps me with those. She does all the videography and photography for those. So, I I do that's the one I play every week. Um, I did dive into Celasta, which is an early access game that's Mm -hmm. the version 1.0 is launching at the end of May. I just did an overview video on that one a Mm -hmm. couple days ago. It's a pretty fun top down isometric RPG if you like those types of games. And then, um, I finally finished Assassin's Creed Valhalla after like six months. It took me forever <laughs> on the PS4, but I finally beat it and immediately uninstalled it because I was like, I'm, I'm sick of it. It's been six months. I don't care about the expansions. I'm done. Uh, and I pre-ordered. Uh, I, I wasn't sure I was going to do it, but I did pre-order. You Mass did. Effect Legendary Edition. Oh, I thought we were about
1: to talk about a different uh, game, but we'll get to that no, later. No, not no, yet. No, We're no, getting to that not, one later. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> we're not there yet. Um, oh, that's a good one though. And
2: I did this month's one of the month one of this month's free games on PS4 was um Greedfall, which I had never played. And yeah. I have to say, I don't like the controls that much, but it, I'll be damned if that story isn't just pulling me in and it's mm. got like a bioware feel to it. Like the old bioware mm. games where story was really, really important. So that's that's been my last couple of weeks.
0: Well, mentioning nice. Bioware, old school Bioware, have you guys seen that pretty substantial leak that they are? It's been a rumor for a while, but there's been a really really heavy hitter leak about uh, Knights of the— uh,
2: KOTOR! Yep,
0: yeah. KOTOR remake, which it. that's a great game, man. It's going
2: to be good. Oh, man.
0: Good. I'm also excited for the Mass Effect remake. Um, I, I love that trilogy um, a lot. I think that's really I a lot wasn't- of
2: fun. I wasn't gonna do it, but 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 I just they kept hitting me on Twitter and Facebook. Whenever <laughs> I'm looking, it's like all these videos, yeah. like the new. And I'm like, I never played, like probably ninety percent of the DLC for those games. Oh, I never me touched. either. Yeah, me Right. Me, so me for either. me, yeah. I'm like, I'm looking at it, going, I'll drop sixty bucks just for the DLC content because I know I'll get all summer out of that so i was it's, like yeah, it's I'm
0: all done. three games right it's the mm-hmm. whole trilogy for 60 bucks with all dlcs and remade with better graphics that's a good deal that that's it's how you score. that's how you re-release an old game we've talked about that a lot on the channel that's a good deal right you're paying 20 bucks a piece for really good games that they've supposedly we think remastered really well so all right. it's getting good reviews so far so i'm yeah.
2: um, you know tentatively optimistic yeah Enough that Man. I spent sixty bucks,
1: <laughs> dude. I'm like, we're gonna talk about it, but I'm just, I'm on this, this hair, just a hair trigger of pulling the trigger on like something and dropping a significant chunk of money, and like, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, but, and then the other part's like, shut up, do it, Let's do it. We'll get to it. People, see, yeah, this is, yeah, I tease the fuck out of people, man. I do. I, I have a, such a tease when it comes to the game. I will like ride the line and get close to telling them stuff and hint at it, and then go, but I can't confirm or die anything. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, speaking of which, you know, it's been um, I've been busy as hell, dude. Actually, uh. I haven't gamed too much. The only time I've really been gaming is honestly been playing The Elder Scrolls online. Um, Oh my God, we have something to talk about with that. Uh, I'm going to let me type that down so I don't forget, dude, because this one's like so good. Um, So, anyway, before I dig into that, because that one was not something I had actually had on the agenda, but I want to talk about it because I'm like, this is good. This is good, 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 good in my eyes. Um, But yeah, I've been playing that with my lady and stuff. And. I guess, um, announcements. I'm engaged. So there's that.
0: Oh, nice. Congratulations. Thank man. you.
1: Thank you. Very actually, nice. sh- actually sharing it publicly and stuff. Did that yesterday here with the people I was hanging out with uh, live and everything and, uh, super awesome. Um, kind of crazy. Cause I never thought that shit was actually gonna happen, but you you know, mean, no, one ever does, no, <laughs> no, I, was I, like, I, <laughs> I was like,
0: I have that. to ask just for, just to make sure. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, okay. Okay. You Nathan. get engaged to your girlfriend, right? Like this isn't, uh... Yes, dude, <laughs>
1: I'm just like, checking God. you never know you never go into a you weird fucking nathan place dude. <laughs> those weird ass references he makes sometimes. i i just like over here going so i gotta ask a question i'm like ah oh, shit it's
2: not your cash shit is, <laughs> is this a game
1: npc somewhere or <laughs> no. dude no that's that's big news for me but um had steven sharif on the pathfinder podcast about a week and a half ago or whatever it was like the 11th of April, um, after our last one, and that was a really, really good time. um Really good conversations and stuff, man. Super. Always like having him on because it's like, you know, I mean, the guy's wealthy, right? And he's he's dumping millions into this game, and he's super down to earth, man. And he actually, and I want to actually, there's this running meme now with these 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 people, these Pathfinder people, these Ashes fam people that like have been working to reinforce and at this point, I just need to make a shirt about this, but they basically what happened was, and this is kind of a funny story I haven't told here, but it's, you guys will probably enjoy this too. <laughs> so it references back to the interview and it was just a bunch of laughs and stuff. So, um, basically there was the PI, it was a, a pre alpha test, right. And we were doing the test and I could talk about it because, um, during that test, he was recording footage right and so we're all running around all of the phoenix initiatives a certain kickstarter backer level right and it was like a small number of people well maybe a hundred or so or something like that or maybe more running around and he was like hey we're going to take some footage and um you know you guys could talk about this later but we're going to take some footage and share it with people and so we went and did like a kind of hit different bosses sort of thing and there's this like brood mother spider boss like creature out in the world or whatever and we went and we killed it and nobody was really in a group some people were grouped I wasn't grouped I was just running on my own right and um I was all by myself you know what I mean but I had the virtue tag so it was great and I was like ran up and we're all like killing this boss and stuff and he never said anything right about anything anything Steven and we went killed it and what do you do when you kill something like immediately what's your automatic loot it you just loot it right do you ask questions I mean Usually Not if there's anymore. no, if there's the fine loot rules, and I will say this every damn time. If there's the fine loot rules or you say, hey, don't loot," because I want to show this off the people maybe won't. But you didn't, Steven. <laughs> and I went and looked at the, the PI footage after this. And we're getting back to the point he was on the show. There was a question from someone in the community. Wizzy, one of my mods here, one of my Virtue Guild members, um, you know, resident troll at, at its finest. And she was like asked if there would be you know something about loot rules or whatever or if the gm powers would be too strong for someone who ninja loots because the running meme is that sim ninja loots because if you watch yeah, the video yeah. i went back and watched it and i actually feel a little bit good about this okay because he, he you, you watch the video and he goes to loot it and, and he can't there's no loot it was me that looted it <laughs> they got the loot off of it and Can I you saw, see
0: it in the chat Can no you see? sadly okay. no I
1: I, I went back and I watched this video from last year and I felt really good about it. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when he was on the show, Wizzy asked that question, I asked it. And then Steven was like, wouldn't it be great if at like the peak of his experience playing the game, you know, a sandal was floating along and just yoinked his loot and made it to where he couldn't loot. So now there's this running joke where Steven's like, what if he doesn't get the loot in the game one day? (laughs) And I'm going... (laughs) <laughs> that's really awesome, but also, oh, shit. What if that actually happens? But now I'm just embracing I, I, it. So that was really fun. It was really fun. He gave some great answers and stuff. And if you're interested in that game, definitely encourage you to check it out. Um, it was a really good, really good show. It was a really good one. Um, Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I said I've been playing ESO. Um, mm-hmm. I've had a back and forth relationship with that game since it's closed beta. And uh, I still play it. I always play it. I play the shit out of it. And uh, I play it pretty casually. It's a it's a good game for me to make content around as uh, someone who's doing, like focusing on different games and stuff. I split off. I put my ESO stuff in one channel now. I put this podcast along with Variety Gaming on another channel, which, by the way, has been doing really fucking good mm. for the amount of videos I've been putting out every week. Like So shout out to everybody who follows over there. I really appreciate it. It's been doing good. We cover games that are you know what are they called scam starters i think someone posted a comment on one of the videos i've not
2: heard that before that's a good term
1: isn't it though
0: scam starters yeah
1: scam starters yeah um new series coming to you soon i don't (laughs) know nathan brentville anybody yeah definitely yeah Yeah. i'm
0: down (laughs) you know i'm making one i'm making the media right legend of the loot boxes uh totally yeah totally still in development if you
2: know what i mean
1: has renfield heard of this game that you're in development have
2: yeah, i've watched the episodes and yeah. you know
1: it's i don't inspiring. have a credit card
2: so i'm I'm safe because i don't use credit cards so it's the only people that are safe
1: <laughs> it's the only people who are safe what if i've got paypal well we could set up a Yeah,
2: <laughs> we could totally make it happen
1: legend of the loot boxes man
0: Yeah, we've introduced a new feature. I might as well reveal it here on the show. Um, Not only all the loot boxing and everything, unlock everything the game has, but also to level up, um, it costs, depending on what level you're leveling up to, that's how much money it costs. So you want to level up to two, it's two bucks. So it starts out, you know, we want to slowly take all your money, right? So by the time you get to level 200, you know, you start getting into a bigger... bigger, uh,
2: People who want to get to that level need to be ready to make that type of investment. I mean, it's... it's a it's an investment at that point of time and money that's right
1: dude so the elder scrolls online has my main complaint with this game it's always been when they introduce their their shop specifically those crown crates i have Mm -hmm. i have spent money on them before i've over the grand scheme of things have not really compared to most people who probably do um but, you know, people have been like people that make a lot of golden game will trade gold for crowns to where basically they get people to gift them stuff, give them the gold instead. So there's kind of a cool system there to where like I mean the player players have definitely got a really fair system that they work out. And they've even got this like there's like some some sort of a domain where like people can um, go into this discord and they actually kind of like monitor this sort of stuff. And trades are kind of done there. And it's actually reviewed and kind of monitored by the devs. So mm-hmm. There is like kind of a safe environment for doing that, luckily. Um, But so many of the really nice things which I've ranted about here a lot are in those crates that are RNG based. And you got to spend a lot of money to get stuff sometimes Um, and duplicate items and things can get turned into like crown gems. And if you have enough gems during a, a crates that are currently purchasable, you can get things directly. But I'm a big proponent of give us a lot of let the vast majority of the really cool shit be in the game. And then let me earn that through my merit, through my hard work, through meta achievements, or however you want to do it. And they've over time been slowly doing that to where like you can get these some of the best skins in the game you earn, and there's some mounts that you can earn. But like if you look at like quantity comparison, like it's just not the it's still dramatically in these crates, right? And this shocked me. So they have the companion system coming out and update 30 right which is like you got like these npcs that kind of run around with you that you can gear and stuff like that cool and you can have a cool like you know theorycraft with their their specs and stuff like that which is kind of fun but then i saw this thing called endeavors and i was like wait what oh okay so pretty much by doing anything if you look at the ways you can earn these seals you earn seals a currency in game that you can use to buy items in the crates. And I don't know if this means they're completely doing away with purchasing them with crowns now. Or if it just means because I've not looked into it that much, or if it's just that like, this endeavor system is how people can now also earn it. But either way, it's a better step in that direction, in my opinion. um, Because I just Oh, man, I, I hate the RNG element behind these like crate systems and This is like the way that you, especially when like the really, really good stuff, it really comes from that. Like some of those really good mounts and stuff, but, and they aren't limiting what you can get either. Like you can get the radiant apex mounts, which are like really nice, but only come from a rare chance of like those crates. Right. And I noticed right before that they had made it to where you could get the radiant apex ones from this current, uh, this, most recent i think they're the uh the alien crates or whatever usually you can't just buy them outright with crown gems but now you can so you can now if you spend enough money get it directly instead of just relying on the rng element and then this came out and i'm like yo are they actually gonna shift away did i wondered i wonder what really is influencing this because someone bought them recently remember sure True. sure And also,
0: do you think that you think it might just be a plan, too, that they're going to go ahead and start putting in place in case of, uh, you know, laws are starting to change around that
2: kind of stuff? So Mm. it would be a good idea to be ahead of it. On an international level, I'd say that's what my gut reaction would be, because we've Mm. already seen countries around the world start to ban these loot crates and loot boxes as gambling. Um, Microsoft's not stupid, so I I would – if I had to put money on something – joke intended there um i would i would bet that they're working towards legislation that may be coming down the pipeline yeah that's what i would think or just in case even to be prepared yeah it could be it's also i mean Mm. doesn't world of warcraft do it well i know everquest 2 does with the chronos system where you can you can either pay for it or you can play for it and they give you two different ways to get that currency it could just be it could just be adding more options to the table for people
0: yeah world of warcraft does it too i forget what they're called in that game um seem, I, for some reason i thought they were called chrono in that game too i don't they know might but It might don't be it might be i don't remember enough, yeah. Yeah. but yeah you can buy them and you can just sell them if you just want to make gold so that kind of helped get rid of um uh, gold sellers uh, oh the, the
1: time uh, tokens you, the yeah to time get tokens? 30 days yeah
0: right right and that's that's a that's one of those things where it's like it's kinda of hard to say that was a bad decision because it did get rid of gold sellers for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know. And plus it gives people the chance to earn those in the oh, game yes. and, and be able to play the and pay their subscriptions. So I don't know, man. Uh that's kind of that gray area that uh, I really just
1: I don't know. I don't see the harm, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I'm I saw that and I was like it it honestly shocked me. I was just like, Because it's just you know, after so much time, you just don't expect to see that actually happen or change. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, for either way, for the best, I, you know, I I'm hoping what for whatever reason it is that that happens. And I think, you know, from my perspective, I, I don't think, I think there should be legislation in, pay, in place everywhere because from my perspective, perspective, whenever you've got any kind of an RNG element to that uh, it's predatory because you're talking about, the pleasure centers of the brain, man. they got people that have gambling addiction for a reason because they're essentially rolling the dice every time for a chance. Pull that lever. Pull that that. that lever, man. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah, it's the same. It's the same addictive personality Mm -hmm. um, that that loot boxes would draw out of you. And, you know, uh, you're going to get a lot less support from that, too. Uh, If you're addicted to loot boxes, a lot less likely uh, you'll get support from family or friends as opposed to you go to the casino... Every Friday and blow your paycheck, right? People are more likely to step in on that because you're going somewhere. You're doing an mm-hmm. action that people identify loot boxes. Chances are you can be you're doing sitting there by yourself. By yeah. yourself, yeah. No one
2: knows. Yeah, it, that addiction. Silent just, addiction.
0: Addiction just grows, right. man. It, it gets ever more hungry, uh, as we all know. Because uh, we're everybody probably here is probably addicted to MMOs, so we know we know a little something about addiction, right?
1: I don't have a problem yeah
0: i don't either i like my problem <laughs>
1: he's like me either but i like my problem wait do I, just... I do play a lot less than <laughs> i used to <laughs> i do too i genuinely do but man. i like
2: i yeah. just like all games so it's like i spend way more time on the ps4 these days mm. compared to how i used to spend all my time on the pc now i i probably spend 80 percent of my gaming is done on the ps4 and only about 20 percent on the pc
0: I gotta wow. say, man, if they don't get these uh, this issue with the mm-hmm. being able to purchase a graphics card, etc., uh, I'm gonna be gaming on on consoles more often too because I need to upgrade my PC so bad. Oh, that, dude,
1: uh,
0: it's getting tempting.
1: I bought a pre-built just for the GPU and the processor. Man. I've been
0: thinking of the same thing, just throwing down stupid money just because it comes with the GPU
2: upgrade that I need.
1: It was cheaper than those scalpers, man. The scalpers <laughs> yeah. are just trying to really rally you, dude, to get that money, it's man.
2: Pretty rough. It is. I'm still doing okay with the system I've got, but I'd say by the end of next year, I'll, I'll be in a place where I need to start thinking about it. But and on an interesting note, not to tangent too much, but because I live in in Mexico City. Yeah. Um there is, it's, it's even worse here because there's automatically a 20% import tax on all electronics that come into the country from outside of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Then there's the value added wow. tax, which gets added on top of that, which is another, I think, 17% on top of that. So we're automatically seeing like a 37 to 40% markup on electronics. Mm-hmm. Then the vendor's going to tack on a little bit so that they make some money as well. So by the time you actually want to talk about buying a graphics card here or pre-built PCs and things of that nature, you're going to pay probably 60% more than what you would pay Mm. in, say, the U.S. or Canada because of all the import fees, which makes building PCs down here a nightmare in terms Mm. of cost, which is why pretty much everyone that I know waits until they go to the U.S., And they just ship things to their uncle's house, and then they go up for Christmas, and they just take all the parts, throw them in their suitcase, and bring them back.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I was about to say smuggling your CP parts, uh, CPU and everything across the border. (laughs) (laughs) It's in your luggage. Nobody cares. It's like, (laughs) What's all this junk? Is this a bomb? No, 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 no. (laughs) Just my PC. (laughs) It's just PC parts.
1: Dude, I'm going to tell you, man, like... Like I'm like, you know, in the potential of moving. Right. And I'm going to so just take my CPU and just basically take it and put it in my big suitcase. Right. That's pretty much the best choice. I think get new monitors later or something and just basically put my rig in containers, have my brother ship my other rig or whatever, however I do it. Cause like, yeah, no nah, man, I've got to go minimally, but I can't imagine having to do it like that and having to get nickel and dime for all the different,
2: if you have your own stuff and you're willing to ship it, I mean, there are shipping costs, but if right. you, if you do it intelligently, you can get a shipping container and partial partial it out. That's not, that's not the right word anyway, but you can, you can buy a portion of a shipping container mm. and get your stuff in the shipping container and get it shipped. That is a very economic way to do it. Otherwise if you could do it in a suitcase and break it down into the individual components. Mm. Yeah. Cause doing it in the case makes no sense and it's too bulky. Um, and monitors can be found anywhere in the world. so
1: Yeah, those are much easier to get.
2: I've been a laptop only for 10 years now. Um, wow. Maybe 12. I, uh, 2007 was the last time I had a desktop. Um, so I've been laptop only for hey. a long time now. And the reason is because traveling so much, it's mm. just always made it a pain in the butt. And so, yeah, it's just laptops. And the laptops for the last five, six years have been powerful enough that they really do – you know, they yeah. can be a little pricey, True. but you still get the same specs. The only downside is that laptops run a little hot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah I've got a, I think an Asus ROG um, gaming PC that I got, or not, sorry, not PC, but laptop that I got back in 20. And it wasn't even like brand, brand new at the time. I actually got it used um, and it's heavy and it's got big fans inside of it and stuff. But man, I, I was playing the Elder Scrolls online in closed beta on that thing and i can still play some of the nicest games right now on that thing like no no bs it, it performs really well um, yeah i mean
2: i'm still I've, I've got a while before i need to worry about upgrading yeah. but I I, I I am starting to dream about a pc again like like an actual box um just recently my wife and i have been looking at stuff being like hmm. <laughs> well we're not doing any traveling because of the pandemic so it's like Maybe it's time to go back to a PC again.
1: Yeah. Um, so, <sighs> I guess we'll go ahead and just hit on this one since we talked about. So, Microsoft, you know, stepped in. Zenimax Bethesda, basically under the blanket and under the umbrella, rather, of Microsoft now. Um, y- you know how we were talking about Discord? was potentially about to get they were like throwing 11 billion they were like 11 billion it's in the works they're talking about 11 billion to purchase discord and i'm going oh shit. buying everything right now what's going on and we were talking this before the show started i just i've been trying to i'm i'm getting a picture of what i think microsoft's doing specifically when they purchased uh because like like what does a playstation and nintendo have that xbox doesn't right lots of games that are like very exclusive to their consoles right and they had mixer which was a streaming platform for a while and then i was like i don't not understand what they did there because they just dumped a bunch of money we had some ideas about this before we got into it and then they they got now they've got the elder scroll stuff right and all the bethesda stuff which i'm like okay this is gonna kind of bodes well in my mind for their for their platform in terms of gaming and then i saw them going to get um trying to acquire discord, but it turns out that those talks have ended for 11 billion, man. So I'm really curious about, you know, I'm just, this is like a brainstorm sort of get our thoughts around that whole dynamic I just mentioned. But um, I'm really curious, like what, what they're big braining right now, because I feel like they're definitely big braining something.
2: Well, if you go back far enough too, they started buying up independent game studios back in like 2017, 18 cuz they bought up mm-hmm. they bought Obsidian, they bought I don't remember cuz I remember they even came down here to Mexico City and there was a game conference here and they it was they it was the same time around that they bought Obsidian and and didn't they buy Exile as well? Exile, Obsidian, they bought a bunch of independent studios a few years back. And they've just slowly been adding to their stable of independent developers, Mm -hmm. and then they did the big one, which was Zenimax. Yeah. Uh, So it's not it's not a new thing. They've been doing this for three or four years now, and I I have in my mind it's all been working towards the next, which has launched now, but that next generation of Xbox, and moving towards getting this stable of. Not huge teams, but very, very, very um, critically acclaimed independent studios who have made some really critically acclaimed games in their stable that can make exclusives for uh, mm. Windows and Xbox moving forward. Because that's and that's just a smart business move. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people, myself included, like to say we all we all love you know crossplay and the ability to play a game anywhere with any of our friends, no matter what but from a business perspective it does make sense to have exclusivity um so i you know it's just their master plan to create this really massive
0: game sphere yeah and it makes sense too because if you think about um obviously their goal is to become you know to to be the console market um you know we Nobody can argue that Windows for gaming for PC is the number one platform for PC. So um, things like buying Discord, uh, which is the number one uh, communication device for PC gamers, uh, and then combining that with the console, because it could have released a Discord version for Xbox so that you could communicate with PC players. Mm -hmm. A lot of games are going to be cross-platform it makes sense they want a communication device and not try to release their own when Discord is already what gamers are comfortable with and love, right? Because um, you've got games that built-in. You've got MMOs, for example, for a long time now, uh, will come with a built-in voice chat, right? Everybody just turns it off and uses Discord. Like, you know, it's... Uh, so a lot of developers are like, well, there's no use in putting it in there. People don't use it, right? Um, so uh, it just makes sense, right? If you're going to try to... to, to uh, pull it all all gamers into your uh, sphere, then that that makes sense. But what's interesting is they're keeping a good relationship with Nintendo because they don't see them as a threat, right? Because Nintendo's most likely probably needs to stay in this handheld hybrid kind of market. That's what they've always been really good at. Uh, The Switch has been hugely successful. The 3DS was gargantuanly successful. Um, So the, you know, they've always owned that market since the Game Boy, right? So uh, it makes sense that Nintendo would stay in that sphere, which is kind of outside of Microsoft. Like, you know, they don't, that doesn't affect them, right? So uh, they've kept a good relationship with them. Um, and, you know, it just makes sense, man. If you're going to try to take over, and that's what Microsoft tries to do, is just dominate. That's yeah. what they intend to do, at least. Uh, that's the way you would do it. Is Discord would have been a good, no, but they turned it down. Which bravo to Discord for turning $11 billion. Um, that's hard to believe. I'm going to be honest. I don't if care. If that how rumor,
2: I'll... somebody was just saying that rumor in chat. Yeah. If that rumor is true about the IPO, it makes sense what they would turn down. Because if, if they do a public IPO, they could be looking at $100 billion I saw company. I that.
1: Yeah, I was going to mention Not that just... too. Very true. Yeah. Can you imagine? I'd buy in on Discord. you kidding me? Yeah. I would. Cause you know, that's going to blow up. Cause they're, they're, they were, what was it? I don't know exactly what point it was. If it was early this year or at the end of last year, but they made that announcement about how they were really taking it beyond the gaming like approach and like really making it more. I mean, we use it. The video calls for, I use it for the podcast to just capture the screens. I mean,
2: well, and it's gotten better and better and it's yeah. gotten so good. So unrelated to gaming, yeah. my day job, um, with hidden compass, um, those girls that I work with over there, um, we actually started using discord at one point we mm. were not at the moment, but we were using discord for a while last year for voice calls and, and other stuff. And, mm. and it was funny to me at the time because they were like, Hey, Tim, do you know what discord is? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> no, I have no idea what discord is. And they're like, well, you know, and I'm like, no, I use it every single day. Yes. I have discord. But it was funny to me because I saw it being used beyond just the gaming at that point. Absolutely. Um,
1: I mean, it has been. I mean, I've used Discord for years, and I I remember. Oh man, I feel bad about this a bit. What was it called? There was a, there was another one. I was like a partner with. It was a voice <laughs> overtone. Oh my god, I feel so bad about that. What was that thing that I was partnered with that I was doing? Oh <laughs> shit, feels bad. The lady I talked with that was a point of contact was amazing or whatever. But it just I made some suggestions on features. It kind of felt like it kind of had that, uh, kind of has a vibe to it of like discords, web-based, you know, browser-based, um, form, but their uh, their app that, you know, desktop app that you could launch. Um, they had these like, um, parties that you could form, but they weren't permanent. So then they didn't really have, and you could do chat, but it was like, I was like, look, I, maybe y'all are trying to do something unique here. The voice quality was actually in my opinion, better at the time the discords was by default. However, uh, they're just like the, the interactive nature to it and like it kind of felt very much like you just really couldn't keep things tied in together it kind of felt like it split things apart too much and then there wasn't like the option to really like have chat channels and stuff which for me i was like that is big if you can have that at, in your platform um and do similarly to what discord's doing you know but try to have a different approach in some of the ways you are because like their main thing was you would go back to the front page, you always had access to a front page, which was a greater community page. And at the time, Discord wasn't really doing that. And it was cool because the explorability or, you know, the ability to explore just like the discoverability of like all these channels based on different categories was actually like really good. And that wasn't something that Discord is doing. Although if they ever listen and they hear this, maybe it will be, but which I'm sure they know about it plenty already. But the thing is, is like then, um, a lot of things uh, hit with the pandemic and then they just kind of died down and got quieter and quieter. And I was like, ah, it had potential. Overtone had potential, but it just, you know, Discord just endured and persevered and pushed forward. And now I'm like, yeah, they're, they're doing so many good things. Um, yeah. It's just, it's hard not to use Discord. It's just even made I'll using buy forums. Yeah. yeah. I'll
2: totally buy it if they go public. I will too. hundred yeah. yeah. percent.
1: Because I know it's, it's it'll fun. go. It'll go.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it'll yeah. go high. Because I I, yeah. I can remember when it first came out. We we were still using Teamspeak for yeah. team me- for team meetings. because um, this was before. Because didn't Discord Discord? I, I I could be wrong on the timelines, but I feel like Discord. At least we were aware of Discord before we were aware of Slack, and so we naturally so. migrated to Discord after yeah. Teamspeak. Which that was a weird evolution because we went from, um. Yeah, ventrilo to Teamspeak, and then from Teamspeak to discord and then i've been using discord i feel like i've been using discord for mm-hmm. six years now something like yeah. that i really don't know how long it's been but it feels like five or six years I, I don't really have a pinpoint for that um could be longer but it's a great tool uh and if they're gonna go public yeah yeah
1: yeah <laughs> oh i'll buy yeah, one do like, it
2: dude, we went through a lot of
0: transitions there. You mentioned a few, but the first one I ever remember um, was Murmur. Um, oh, I don't know. Um, I've never even heard uh, of that gosh. one. That's what it was and
1: called before, wasn't it? Or no?
0: Th- I think that was its own thing, of If it was linked to some of the others, I wasn't aware. Uh, I, just I never heard Murmur. of Murmur. Yeah. There's Mumble, and, uh, too, right? Mumble. Or, Mumble I'm right. sorry, Mumble. That's what I'm okay, thinking that—that's Yeah, I remember like... <laughs> that is it, mumble, and then it went from mumble to ventrilo to team speak and the Discord, and Discord's been holding it down for a really long time. Yeah. and uh, they just keep adding more features to it, etc. So I don't see it going anywhere for well, a really long and
2: they time. also do the integration so well because like you can integrate from Patreon, you could just there's so many cool things you can do with Discord above and beyond just. An overlay in a video game like yeah. you said earlier they're they're ex- spreading their wings to make it a more inclusive video chat slash chat slash community-based platform for all these different businesses and they're doing it very well
1: yeah definitely you guys <laughs> we've got an active discord community obviously you can exclamation mm-hmm. discord and chat it's just discord.gg forward slash some org um, it's a place for Ashes of Creation, this show, the Pathfinder podcast, uh, a bunch of other gaming stuff and things. We've got a really healthy, thriving community, man. And anybody who listens to the show is more than welcome to join it. Um, We just got great people, good times, man, honestly. Um, I know I'm biased, but it it really is the truth. Um, And uh, with that being said, talking about just really great, honest places to be. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry, because I know where I'm going with this. We talk about Dreamworld. I've done a few videos on it. They performed really well. Um, boy, am I going to be this, this, this game is giving me so much to do to talk. It's about. like a
2: lot of free content.
1: It is. It is. So thanks to Dreamworld for all the amazing uh, content. I've been able to put together, talking about your game and, uh, it's future. Um, because, oh man scribbles man you know you know homie so i watched a, a video i'm i'm gonna replicate another creator i'm gonna give a shout out to cure tv here because yeah, that video when, was I epic. Saw, when i saw this video right and i don't even get to watch a lot of stuff but a lot of people in our community link stuff from him and like all the time because he covers the genre and he, he does a good job i actually really appreciate his content He's yeah. funny too. I like
0: the way he He's funny. You. He just slips in some absolutely <laughs> yes. hilarious out of yes. nowhere. Yeah.
1: All subtle. It's all subtle too, and I catch it. I yeah. catch it. I'm like, I appreciate this. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna give him a shout out because he's doing right by the MMORPG community, the gaming community. He's really, you know, he's calling stuff out. I, I've seen several of his Chronicles of Valyria videos, um, and uh, apparently he started covering this Dream World thing around the time I did or whatever. And someone. I had already gotten information about some things to cover coming up next week. Cause every week I've got a new let's chat about this BS in the world, right? And it's just so ridiculous, but it's real. And he did this, and I was like, wow, dude, this is so bad. If you're making a game and someone comes, he did a disc, he he went into their Discord and he showed on this video, which this is important. This is a very important note. He showed his list of messages. He showed all of it on the screen, right? He didn't ask anything out of line. He wasn't derogatory. He wasn't negative. He wasn't shitting anybody. He was very respectful. And the thing is, he asked legitimate questions, okay? Not like prepared questions like these guys have answered on these other interviews or whatever, which is because when you look over every time you say something, you're reading, right? We know yeah. the difference. And he was i mean asking he dm'd again very respectful and was banned from their discord for asking legitimate respectful questions there was nothing about them that was out of line absolutely nothing and when i saw this i was like you gotta be kidding me dude
0: well you gotta look at it they only had two options and that was ban him to make his stuff go away or answer his questions or well they got three options they could just have ignored them right but um if you if you follow that discord they are actually interacting a lot right they do. so th- you know it, it would have looked real it would have been the silence would have been uh, very loud had they just ignored them so right. um when you're running a scam uh you know that's what else can you do that's so this just points even more that yeah these guys don't have a plan at all um, this is a money maker, and uh, Kira TV is the one that brought up what we talked about actually was mm-hmm. that we thought that some of that money from the initial funding was provided in house.
1: You remember, right. we were like, Come on, man, we, y'all we, already have all true. this money. I
0: don't, I he don't, he brought that, that up. Yeah,
1: he did. Yeah, and we had talked and about he that. Mentioned
0: that. We, and I was like, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Like a big percent money they put up themselves and they're just trying to drive it like a uh a cash cow now
1: yeah that was a good point he did bring that up on the video too and he was like mm-hmm. in this thing though he was showcasing uh, i got to the end of towards the end of it and i realized he was like sharing something else and because uh, i'll be honest i don't get to watch a lot of videos i don't i it's not that i don't i wouldn't want to it's kind of like playing games i don't get to do a whole lot of that either because when you're a content creator and you work and you do all this stuff it's like dude the time just goes I've got an editor and stuff like that and I still my time goes quick so I try to only watch stuff that like you know I like oh I really I I gotta make time to watch it right so if someone sends me something they're like yo dude I'm like oh shit okay so I I watch it and I was like I got to the end and I was I was thinking I was probably gonna be like okay I'll click out of this now because I probably got the main bits of it but he got to the end and there was a specific point as he was going along he not only showed that he I don't know where he got the information. This is from people's community. I can't verify it, but he did bring up that there were, I guess, some of the mods were actually kids. like teenage Yeah, teenagers. Kids. Yeah, so teenagers. that was like a big cringe, man. I was like, yikes, that's a big red flag for me. My gut already was going off that there's red flags here. Like, don't trust it, right? Call it what you want. Hey, it could be people trying to make a game genuinely. I don't know, <laughs> mm. but it screams scam and scary and don't trust it. And, and, um, Anyway, moving beyond that, he was mentioning also, and he showed something, and there was like images of this guy, and I don't remember his name, is Zach or something like that, I hope that's the right name, I it, it doesn't matter me enough to know his name, I'm sorry, it doesn't, I just need to know that this is the face of the person who's doing something shady, and he's mm-hmm. the face for the game, and uh, he was the one talking about his his uh, fiancé left him and all this stuff, yo, did you guys know that she made a video, show? so in Cura TV's video, Someone had DM somewhere with her about this and she was saying all this stuff isn't actually accurate and all of that, that maybe she needs to make a video to just be clear about her part so that there's clarity around this. She did. So I'm going to be covering all of that and a bunch of other things, but she did. And I was like, I got to catch it, got to watch it, got to watch it just in time for today's show. Oh, buddy. Now, she does say that she doesn't believe they are trying to scam people. But that a lot of the reasons that all the stuff about how this all came into to be and his reason for wanting help and, and like using her as an example is not accurate. So if someone's willing to li- here's my point. If someone's willing to lie to you on multiple counts, right, or there's you can't Verify that these are f- true facts and two people are saying two different things like that already is again grounds for do- not trusting something. Further reinforcement this is super scary, and we talked about this, I think, on the last LFM show, right? Nathan, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't we have a conversation around how, uh, because we were, I think, at that time coming up to they had 22 hours left or something before it was gonna Sounds be funded, right. and there was a note from someone in chat, and I could be wrong, it could have been for my stream, but someone said this was noted by and this is important in my opinion that kickstarter put the badge of projects we love on there shout out to scribbles for getting me the verification dreamworld's actual twitter does show on march 17th that they were indeed badged with this and i think that badge was removed and that was a conversation i had been having too so kind of concerning they would give it that badge and promote it that way and then maybe take that away
2: yeah. i think it might also go to show i don't know if you've paid attention um one of the there was a recent controversy with one of the heads of kickstarter related to i want to say it was to the tabletop side of things and he recently resigned because they hired a bunch of people to work on this new project and one of the individuals that they hired was uh a controversial figure within the community and had been accused of sexual assault and some other stuff oh, by, no. by people within the community. So there seemed to be this thing where there wasn't any vetting being done. Mm. And so it brings in my mind the question of whether or not Kickstarter is a victim of its own success to this, in the sense that they might not necessarily uh, be vetting all of the projects as much as they might have used to do and who knows? There could be an yes. algorithm place that automatically slaps something on True. a project if it sees that's a certain amount thought. of growth. Yeah. Right, and and they
0: got that whatever it was, uh, they got up to forty k or somewhere in that round 40 k really quickly. So it could have just been an algorithm thing, like it popped on there, and then it's for up for review. And once they actually reviewed it, they were like, "No, that's not really something we no, recommend." Legit. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I, I want to say something about Dreamworld real quick, and and you guys <coughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. Hopefully, you you know what I'm talking about. Um, so I believe that their vision for what they say they, that Dream World is going to be is already available right now. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Core, which was released by Epic, and it's free right now, um, people are making MMOs on there. You know, they're making uh, fantasy, sci-fi, uh, everything. I mean, anything you think of is even full D&D campaigns are on there, Um so isn't core already there isn't that is there am i I missing something is dream world offering something that core doesn't already do not from my perspective
1: not not really no it's yeah
0: yeah that's what i thought i was like this you know core has these things as far as i'm aware unless i'm missing something totally um uh mm-hmm. millions of people in one spot that they claim and et cetera maybe not so much but i and
2: who who actually is believing that mm-hmm. right um i think the thing for me because i haven't followed it as intently as 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 you two have but i have followed it a little bit I, I think the one thing that stands out to me you know you're just talking about the ex-girlfriend saying she doesn't think it's a scam per se but that they're stretching the truth would be putting it mildly in terms of some of the things they've said and the way they've put themselves. So part of what I've done for a long time now with various clients is um, when we're looking to work with influencers or we're looking to work with content creators, there is a vetting process that takes place. And I can tell you within 10 minutes as a general rule, if someone is a legitimate individual or not, because it's very easy to make a couple quick phone calls, dive into someone's LinkedIn and Check that information against past places of supposed work, mm-hmm. and if mm-hmm. things don't start matching up, it's an immediate red flag that this isn't a legitimate or that something is being some truth is being stretched here. And that's what what I wasn't interested in the game at all from a from a gaming standpoint. But when I started seeing people throw the word scam around, I did want to research it and look mm-hmm. into it. And I know one of the things you guys talked about in a couple episodes ago and looking for more was you know, the legitimacy of these guys' backgrounds and whether or not they actually worked for Facebook and Google or whether they just interned there and they were spinning that mm. into a grand, a more grandiose version of, of what it actually was. And I would say that from what it looks to me like, especially after seeing this come out from the ex-girlfriend giving her point of view, um, it not necessarily they might not think that they're scamming people from their perspective yeah. but the way they're doing it is not in my opinion is not a legitimate way that you... transparency we all know this transparency is a huge thing yeah. honesty and transparency are big things in this indie space yeah and the more really. companies that do sketchy shit that that takes away from that Um, makes it harder for the legitimate people to actually get footing because you're being compared up against all these other companies that are doing stuff. That's just Mm -hmm. like, "Eh." but on the flip side of that too, is the fact that the companies who do care enough to vet you will find out if you're legit, regardless of the way you spin your LinkedIn or not, because all it takes is a simple phone call to verify whether or not you actually did this for this company. Um, And, you know vetting people is a very like it's a 10 minute process to find out if somebody's legit or not Mm i agree
1: yeah i agree with that too it's
2: um
0: and and i think the only reason that we really even care on this show is because of what you said right like this is hurting legitimate projects because the the more this happens the more uh, you know, there is to compare it to, to say, well, I'm just not going, I'm just going to wait, right? I'm not going to spend any of my money until it's out. And the problem is with a true crowdfunded game, that means the game doesn't come out, right? Mm-hmm. That means a lot of real visions are never going to even make it mm-hmm. to reality because of people taking advantage of the system, so.
1: Food for thought. It is yeah, food for it's thought. Ugly. it's ugly. Very yeah. ugly. They put a, Um. they did put up, uh, uh someone put up this person callum which who's actually responded to some of those kickstarter or the videos i've done on my variety channel um had actually been the one who who put this petition up making some points around it um over on change.org and um which i will i'll link it if you just want to look at it i'm not saying you should or you shouldn't i'm just saying and i'm going to link it right here and this is this is just for facts and evidence. This is for the sake of you looking and doing your own research, but he made some points on there. And I think it's, you know, I think one of the best things people can do is they can go and say, okay, well, are these valid? Are these statements valid? Are they proven? Um, can they be verified? Um, so there's something for y'all to look at and we're going to kind of leave it at that. Cause I'm, I've got a, another big spiel to basically make around this and to share the information because i you know, for me I feel like if I start to cover something and then there's something significant to share that I couldn't provide in the previous video, that I feel like it's important for me to do a follow-up. And so I expect that I'd do one and be done. Maybe a follow-up later at some point if it got funded and things like that and people had an outcome from it. But it was like every week, at literally every week I was getting another message from somebody, a comment about something bringing up something else. And so it's like, oh, well, I feel like I should be following up and actually covering this original topic that I started in the first place. So now I'm getting into a thread of them and I'm doing a fourth video and I, I actually believe I'm probably going to be doing more videos. I don't think it's going to stop. I think that whether it's actually something they're purposefully doing to scam or not, either way, I think that there's just a lot of holes in, in what they're doing. And it's just causing there to be reasons for people to find things because they just didn't do a good job of putting this together whatever their objective.
2: The accountability is a big thing because yeah. the questions that Kira asked in their chat yes. were all related to Hey, where's this you guys didn't mention these nine this nine years of game development experience in your Kickstarter video. Where does this where did this nine years of game development experience come from? Could you please fill me in on that? Because suddenly you guys are saying that you have nine years of game development experience but you didn't mention that in the Kickstarter. No we can't see that in any of your LinkedIn information. Please explain yes. to us where this came from. And Absolutely. it was like, man. Yeah. So here, like, yeah. like really
1: um, like yikes. No. Well,
0: I, I also want to say on, on this particular project that I actually think that they aren't going for our crowd anyway. I think no. the crowd they're actually going for is more like the Minecraft oh, yeah. and stuff yeah, like that, you know, yeah. um, uh, and, and and you know what? They really may legitimately want to make this game. They might. Um, this is just this is going to be a really good lesson for them, no matter what. I can guarantee this much. Yeah, it's going to be a good lesson to them of about overpromising, right? Uh, because the million players in one spot. First of all, why would you want that? Like, what scenario is millions of people in one spot ever a good thing? Number two, if you could do that, then go then you don't need to crowd start if you have the if you have the means and the know how to do that then there's your billion dollar project right there And right whatever there. you want with your billions of dollars you're going to make Absolutely. off of a networking that can pull that off right so yeah. this is going to be a good lesson for them regardless the game comes out doesn't come out whatever yeah do not talk about things you don't understand right and promise that to customers um yeah so
1: i agree i do agree um man you know i we're already at an hour, gentlemen, we good for a few more topics. I got a few more. Yeah, um, yeah, let's go. Mate. Awesome. I, I don't I, want to I have
2: to bio at some point, but otherwise I'm good. <laughs> it's OK.
1: The people that are um that are listening to this on the actual podcast place aren't going to hear anything, you know, so, yeah, they'll just be like, they'll just think it's a long pause. Only the people yeah. actually watching, <laughs> which is another reason that you should actually catch the show live if you don't, because if you catch it live, you get to actually see like, oh, wait, Renfield's not here. Get a tinkle maybe not. Yeah, maybe not.
2: Body wee wee. Body <laughs> wee.
1: Dude, oh, man. I mean, I think the way that we're gonna end today's show is actually going to be the segue and transition into the next one, because I feel like that's probably gonna fill up at least half the show. So I'm gonna wait to even touch on that. I even hint at it with another leading topic before that. Um But this one, man, this one was Shout out again to scribbles, man. And I really appreciate it pretty much. And Renville, you do this. Nathan does this. Um, I got other community members like um, artillery and a handful of other people in my own community who do this. So shout out to all of you who do this because you literally are helping to curate the show and the content on the show by contributing your topics, whether it's in discord, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's in DMs, shooting them over to me um, or comments on the videos, even like it, it super helps because you give us some some things to think about, and sometimes we chain these into other topics, and it's just it makes the show really great. Gives us, you know, the things to cover week to week, and keeps us busy, honestly, which is why we aren't going to be able to fit everything on the show today, which is good. We always got stuff to talk about and rant about. So we talked, Nathan. You remember we we were talking for a while there. Blizzard was just like this dude. There was like, okay, so this studio's opening up. Mike moreham has got his thing going on, and then you got like um people in a max exodus leaving blizzard and then you got like you know activision is like rising up and becoming a greater you know element to the to the studio and then you you see big names leaving leaving right and one of the big names is going to be a topic coming up real soon who left years ago and was the face in for a lot of people to the warcraft and to the to the even blizzard like fan base right and uh this is another one of them overwatch director jeff kaplan has left blizzard that's, I mean, man, I don't even. I feel like the faces of Blizzard are just not. I...
0: So it's the old guard, right? It's uh, all the you, original
2: guys. Yeah, yeah. you got to
0: get. I mean, honestly, to be honest with you, they're, um This isn't good news for fans of Blizzard, in my opinion. However, for Blizzard Entertainment slash Activision, this is what they want. Yeah. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be frank. They're getting rid of the old guard. Um, that's what companies typically do when they take over they they slowly but surely find nice good ways offer them a good little deal to just go ahead and slip out the door so they got enough money to go ahead and head up a new project Mm -hmm. or go on their own little way um because those people fight back because they were there for the old days for the glory days for etc etc so they're on the customer side which you would think companies want to keep that but they have a new direction they have a new vision and they want to get to that goal uh, which is why they spent all the money to purchase mm-hmm. blizzard right so um, you know it is what it is too bad blizzard didn't just say no to that deal right if more companies stood up and you know like like uh, discord apparently did and just said no to the deal i know what where this is going i'm reading the legality of it and i this is uh, my baby and i'm not giving it up so easy then we wouldn't be where we are, but uh yeah, the oh, anybody that even is left, and I, I don't know any names now uh that are left, uh, they're gonna they're gonna be gone soon. And dude. But on that note, I do gotta say that Blizzard did do something very smart lately recently. And I know a lot of people are just reading into it, like, Yeah, of course they did that. That's the that's that's the simple way. But they might have changed. The way companies do expansions from now on with their recent move, because the more you think about it, the sm- the smarter it is. So we all know that Burning Crusade Classic's coming, so they offered people the choice to split. You know, stay in Classic. We'll have a few smaller amount. We'll have some servers left that are Classic Era forever, so you can stay, or you can move with your server to Burning mm-hmm. Crusade. Yeah. And you pick, right? Yeah. Um, now think about that for a second, and think about what if that's how future MMOs did it. When the first expansion hits, they say, hey, you want to stay in Classic? And I know later people are going to want to return to Classic no matter what. So we'll keep a smaller set of se- uh, uh, servers here for Classic. But everybody that has the money, ready to go to the expansion, et cetera, here we go. Sign up, say you're coming, and uh, here we go. The server's moving. That's pretty it, smart.
2: It is smart, but I will say that it, it's going to depend on the size of the company and whether or not they have the mm-hmm. subscription base to make that happen. Because mm-hmm. the, from a cost-efficiency standpoint, You have to have staff that are maintaining the old servers. You have to have the old servers themselves. You have to have a team of customer support people who are... So who knows how many people it is. Maybe it's 20 people, but still 20 engineers at conservatively, sixty five, seventy thousand dollars a year. That starts to get expensive really quick. I do think that it's a brilliant way to do things because it mm-hmm. definitely segments it up and it gives people lots of options. And that's one of the things Blizzard has done very well over the years with Warcraft is give people lots and lots and lots of options. so i I don't disagree with you on that front, but I would say that from a logistical standpoint, I think that kind of undertaking, is going to depend entirely on whether or not the company has the finances to make that happen. Cause that is a logistical nightmare.
0: Yeah. I think the big ones, right. That are probably that we're looking at coming um, that are most likely to succeed. Right. Like ashes of creation. That's something I think they could take. They could, they could learn something from that. I think they're going to be big enough to be able to do something like that. And, and it just, it pres, it, it preserves your classic servers uh so you know way down the line or whenever it may be people want to do that but also to be honest with you it helps with an old MMO problem if you can afford to do it like Rimfell said where there's always people who just don't have the funds to get the expansion right away right or uh, they have to wait for a certain thing in their life their own limited income whatever the cha- whatever the situation may be mm-hmm. and when the new expansion comes out they want to go play it and they don't want it to be spoiled so those people, it'd be nice if they had the option. Well, I'll just stay in classic until I can afford to get that expansion, etc. And then nothing spoiled. I'm not going to see all the people run around with the fancy new gear. I'm not going to see people talking and chat about this and that until I'm I get there, right? So I don't know. I think if you can afford it and it's it's feasible, I think it's really smart. Plus, it 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 combats the emulator server while you have an active uh, retail version too.
2: Yeah, because that's, that's something I've always been on the fence about that because I have played emulators in the past I'm when kidding. there are no other options available. But I've also been very vocal about this in the past that I've had a hard time when I see media outlets promoting um, rogue servers. Because mm. being being someone who is a creator who has multiple intellectual properties mm-hmm. copyrighted, I understand the value of an intellectual property and the importance of... of Defending that intellectual property and monetizing that property when I am the individual who created it. Mm-hmm. And when you look at that from a business standpoint, emulator servers are bad because they're mm. Ill- illegally using the intellectual property. But look, I, I always look i look I like to look at Vanguard because Vanguard is a game that no one wants to touch. it It had a failed launch. I loved the game. Um The only way it's going to exist is in an emulator version because the ip holders are not willing to do anything about it to actually resurrect Mm. it and do like a legitimate progression server but then you have companies like blizzard where it's still a very active game Mm. and they actively pursue those emulator servers so it's 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 one of those things where i think in blizzard's case you have to do it because otherwise you're losing all this money to the emulators but with smaller companies where you know you don't have enough money to pursue mm. the emulators and it, maybe maybe there's only 10,000 people that play that game worldwide on the emulator service is it worth it at that point to even justify spending the money to do a progression server you know are you going to mm. make enough money off of it or just let those 10,000 people do what they want to do cuz it's not enough but with Warcraft you're talking million it was literally i mean when classic launched it was millions of people and it still yeah. is yeah. millions of people playing the revenue just big, went through the roof and know, then yes you know right when it started i mean it was
0: i have i've logged on off classic because i do enjoy it it's a fun little distraction type game but um when the population started dipping when i see dipping it still have millions right but when you start noticing like okay a lot of people have gotten over a Classic burning crusade and now it is popping man the new zones are back active like it just launched um so by the way if you haven't gotten into classic now's a great time because i i just started a new tune and i did a horde i did alliance i wanted to see what the population on many servers and it is booming because people are just like oh crap i want to catch up right i want to get i want to get to burning crusade so it's Maybe. interesting though they're still revolutionizing they're still revolutionizing the industry right and it does take a giant like blizzard sometimes to do something like that because number one they can afford it number two uh they got they got more uh space uh and uh uh they've got the name they've got they they can just do things like that and the worst case scenario is uh they were wrong and they correct it later right no loss got it. it's all a tax write off
1: man yeah. <laughs> we we're talking <laughs> about that earlier too right
0: yeah, they'll just fire customer service again or something, you know? Yeah, it'll, it'll
2: close <laughs> down a French studio. Won't be a big
1: deal, man. Yeah, there's a you know when you talk about the Blizzard universe and everything that that person we were talking about earlier that was the face was Anyway? Overwatch.
0: No, no. So we're talking, uh, what are we talking about? What are we think, talking about?
1: Think about think about the guy who is the face of all the blizzcons he was up there probably up to 2013 hmm. i believe is when it i think it might have he might have stepped away i'm pretty sure Because yeah. was somewhere like, around I think it goes around my first blizzcon and it was after that there it is in chat right there chris metzman
2: more lore, lore lore lore
1: lore 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 and he now i caught wind of war or chief uh gaming like i don't know it was like a while back and i had tagged that this project was going to be going up cause they announced it on their Twitter and everything. He stepped away from, you know, his announcement was I'm stepping away from blizzard to, and retiring basically to, you know, be with my family, spend time with my family and things like that. And here we are years into the future and War chief gaming uh, was like his, his new endeavor essentially. And, it's retirement project retirement project sure it's um and you know you only uh set the goal it's going to be basically he was talking about doing tabletop awesome cool we, we like to talk about tabletop here and i i love to talk about it more than i get to play because i don't get to play it because i guess being a content creator means i don't have as much time or at least covering the content i'm covering means i don't have as much time we talking about Tellspire, nathan right mm-hmm. um which i think actually is out now right someone in yeah, my came told out me last week
0: on oh, steam yeah fantastic so cool man oh my gosh Ooh, you want to talk about you just uh, so listen. I'm gonna tell you because I know you're a busy guy, Sam. Uh, I'm gonna tell you what to do. Okay. When you're just the, the you know, there's always that time where you kind of you're not actually caught up. You never will be. Yeah. But you're, you're you're happy with where you are, and you're like, I got a little bit of time to spare, and I really don't know what to do right now. That's when you get Talespire. It, it's a small download. You'll get it. You know, it's 24 bucks. You get it. It's downloads in seconds, and you'll be playing. And because the reason I say that. Is you're going to spend more time than you think you will. It's it's just so cool. You'll want to get all the little miniatures out, and you'll want to build a little a little area for them and roll dice, and it's just cool, man. It's it's a good time.
1: Mm -hmm. So what if uh, I have a question? Because I I really want to take your suggestion. What Mm -hmm. do I do if I don't have that happen that time?
0: Then you just got to stay up a little bit later one night (laughs) and. uh, (laughs) <laughs> and make it sleep. happen
1: don't it's sleep, it's no. totally
0: worth it man it's so it's so cool man <laughs> ah, tabletop gamers everywhere gotta
2: experience it right it's just freaking awesome i have it i did show my brother it last night because we were doing our stand-up last night and um from a from a technical standpoint So we already have tools like Roll20, which are great for virtual gaming. Um, The difference between Roll20 is that Roll20 is free to play. Mm. Everybody can get on it. With Tailspire, obviously everyone needs to pick it up to play it. Mm. But it is, ironically enough, because where I'm based, I get geo pricing. So it's only 12 bucks for me. It's $25 for you guys. Nice. Um, my brother and i were looking at this we were already talking about so he's like well i know these two people who would join and i was like and i think i know these two people were So we were already like talking about these six or eight people that we could get together to do it because that's the type of game tailspire the way they're doing that that's something that's meant to be played with friends because it is meant to be a it's a 3d tabletop environment so we can talk about that because it is a massively multiplayer online version of your traditional tabletop game um And it's done in such a way but here's here's the flip side to that the person who dms that campaign is the person who has to make the most time investment because you're the one who has to go in and and actually create the environments Mm -hmm. that your players are going to be going through but the cool thing about it is it's agnostic in terms of there's no campaign setting so it can be used for any fantasy based like tabletop environment whether it's pathfinder forgotten realms dragon lance it doesn't matter it's just a cool 3d environment that you can go into and you have your miniatures and even though those aren't necessarily animated like there's spell effects and there's there's chat and there's dice rolls it is really cool i will second nathan on that it is so cool and and they made it look like
0: miniatures that's what i think is so cool is like when yeah. you lay out a little tree they weren't going for like ultra realism what a tree looks like they were going for what it looks like when you make a tree for a table like it looks nice. like it belongs there for what it is For a tabletop. It, 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 yeah it's emulating yes. that nice. the dm made this right it's so cool looking um, i
2: i see yeah. that company going big places with that model because as it gets expanded upon especially if they can make it more accessible to everybody yes. And if they can start doing integration, where you've got... That's the one thing with Roll20 that's very nice as an example, is you can integrate... Also, there's another one, Tabletop emulator, I think is what it's called. But you can integrate the actual rules from the yes. various systems. And then they're automatically those things are in that campaign. So mm. if they get to the point where they start integrating those types of features into Tailspire, I, it's already pretty freaking amazing mm, as it is right yeah. now. Um, I see that going big places. Yeah, you you still have to
0: do a little bit of management that isn't included in the game, like character sheets. Um, you'll yep. you'll still need to use those. How will you decide if to do that's up to you if you want to use Roll twenty or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you that's something that you absolutely cannot at this particular point in time do in Tellspire. You have to. Mm. You can you can like manage the DM can watch hit points and stuff, and you can go in. You can you know deduct hit points from monsters and all that. Um, and it has some slots to do wow. ability. You know, counting, but it, you need character sheets,
1: absolutely. Oh man, dude. So basically, I need to pick this up just because, like, it's probably gonna be something I regret if I don't do it. Kind of like, I think it's worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This time, feeling I about mean, this right here.
2: It's 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 definitely something where, again, I think, and this is my personal perspective only, it's really only worth buying if you've got friends who you're gonna be doing it with, because by yourself, eh, I don't right. play tabletop myself for those same reasons. Same, but if you've got that. a few people who want to join you once or twice a week it's well worth the money spent
1: Ooh, i actually do think i
2: I hope that they
0: add um so right now everybody in the session would have to buy it right yes so i am hoping that as time goes on because it's still it's still you know early it's an early access but i'm hoping they add like where the dm can pay a bigger price and, and have a group just, and he can just have a group or like even Fantasy a subscription grounds, they do that, just give it some they? options yeah. yeah yeah do a subscription or whatever and then you know only the dm has to do that price and then he can nice. invite his party that that's when they'll go super next that's level.
2: yeah that's what i was driving out a few minutes ago when i was talking about the the inclusivity and making it more available because that's the beauty of roll 20 is like everyone can play it for free mm-hmm. obviously whoever's like only one person needs to sub to get all the premium features so mm-hmm. if they had an option with tailspire to do is some sort of heavy discount if you're coming in and bringing like six or eight people or some sort of a, re- of a referral program or something like that I mm-hmm. like you said that's when it's gonna mm-hmm. go off and I think they know
0: that and they just don't want it to get to that point yet because I think they still best oh, for growth. They got well, buds, If, you, they if got... you
2: look at it, they they did nine I think they've done like nine thousand sales like their Kickstarter was like my brother shot me some numbers last night, and I'm just remembering off the top of my head. They've—it looks like they've at least there's like 300-ish reviews on Steam, but they did like 80, over eight over 8,000, I think, on the Kickstarter. So they've done a significant amount of customers already in terms yeah. of wow. the amount of people they've got. So I mean, when they start getting into the, you know, 25,000, 50,000 people playing. I think that's when we're going to start to see some really cool stuff evolve out of that. I think you're right, yeah. And, and what a what a what good timing,
0: right? Because they <laughs> like, didn't when they yeah. announced this project, uh, there was no COVID or, or pandemic yet. Uh, but it was still a cool idea. I was still super excited about it already. But then the pandemic happened. And it changed. You know, people coming over and doing tabletop and all that kind of thing. You know, all that just Row 20 went skyrocket more people yep. and all that kind of thing. So, and then it releases, you know, at the tail end of that, it's just like, what, what good timing for a project like that, that they couldn't have known, not, not planned. Just that's the way the world worked.
1: Yeah. So Chris Metzen, War Chief Gaming. I I feel like I got to get spire because it's just too unique not to get. Sort of like Ouroboros, coils of the serpent.
2: I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man. So I, I gotta, I gotta jump in on this because yes. I've been, I've been, I knew this was coming on the pipeline. I've been paying attention to it for a long time. I am a huge tabletop fan, um, and most of my projects over the, the past twenty years have been involved or have started off yeah. with the root of being a D and D campaign that I evolved into something else. So I'm a huge supporter of this. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> I haven't done it yet. But I'm sitting here looking at that two hundred dollar yes. package, going, yes. I, uh, I don't need it, but I want you it. Really I want it. it so bad, and I don't need it is the problem, and it's like God, yeah, yeah because I, I'm gonna admit the the what got me is like the slip case
1: yes. and mm. the
2: hardback version, and Nature's. the novel. The novelized version of his yes. story from that time and concept art that he wrote and the map and the miniatures and the dice yes. and all these little things that come with it. It's like all of those things are so cool. And I'm literally trying to convince my brother. I was like, come on, man, you just need to go <laughs> Happy's. That way I don't feel so bad for blowing 200 <laughs> bucks and something I don't need because my wife was already like, yeah, if you, you know, just buy it. And I was like, OK, cool. And then I'm like, uh, but do I need it? That's the thing. It's like it's really it's so <sighs> silly because I'm so happy to blow. 60 bucks on mass effect when i've already played the game you know but then i'm like looking at this going uh do i need it do i ever need a video game no <laughs> but that's the thing there's so much cool stuff in that 200 package that i just look at the this is on a personal level i feel the value the value is in there just yeah. the books alone yes. are worth you know 30 bucks For a sure. piece Yep. miniatures, maps, you yep. know, maps are 30 bucks a piece. There's, there's a hundred dollars just in the books, the maps, hundred bucks right there. Yeah. You're getting miniatures and dice and all this other stuff on top of that for 200 bucks. I think it's worth it.
0: Yeah. That dagger mall, by the way, miniature, that's the one I want. That
1: looks sick. Uh, And add-ons you can do add-ons too. I was like, Holy shit. They really went, they went all the way. Yeah. The value is definitely there. I'm sitting here going, ah, like I'm probably not gonna play this anytime soon.
2: I won't come out till next year. So, uh,
1: you know, but at the same time, I'm kind of like going, I don't need it, but I feel like I'm gonna regret if I don't get it.
2: That's how I feel right now.
1: Like, it's like damn it, so, dude! Yeah, cool. Same thing that happened with Ashes, man. When I saw that Kickstarter, I was like, I'm gonna regret if I don't if I don't step in and just make the choice to actually do it. Like in my gut, like something about it resonates. You know what I mean? And I don't even do tabletop like I cannot say I'm a tabletop player right because I don't do it enough to really count I've tried it I've played it but I don't feel like it really counts in the terms of like knowing all all the things understanding all the mechanisms in place but I want to and I'm sitting here watching this dude the first 8 hours this thing was up their pledge uh, to- their goal is 50,000 right it was at like 428,000 in 8 hours yeah and it's only been on for two days at 742.361, 742,361 dollars. It just, I will up. also,
2: yeah, I'll wow. also say that too, even though they only asked for 50,000, yeah. he knew going into, so I, I would like to yeah. add a business perspective to this for just a second, because you know, he, this is a celebrity guy in the gaming mm. industry. He's got money, the people he hired to work on this, this Kickstarter was extremely polished put together by mm. professionals oh, the yes. artwork was professional artwork the kickstarter video was a professional video yes. with animation and cut scenes and everything else this was not a this was not something where they went into it going we only need fifty thousand dollars to mm. succeed <laughs> it right. was it was we're going to put a low number yeah so that everybody throws money at it and we know we're going to get at least you know half a million dollars out of this or whatever the case may be because he knows going into it that he's got Uh, You know, 100 million Blizzard fans who maybe 20% of those people are big enough fans that they're going to be interested in what he's doing enough to watch it, which is 20 million people. And then maybe maybe 10% of those are going to actually buy whatever product he builds. So you're looking at, you know, a couple million built-in customers long-term. I'm not saying for the Kickstarter. I'm talking long-term here because just at the Kickstarter, they've already done... I'm looking at it right now. Seven hundred K. Over it's 700. over 700K. Well, I mean, people. People-wise, five thousand. Oh, people? Five thousand eight hundred and seventy-seven mm-hmm. people. So almost. You know, they're closing in on six thousand people. Um, this is interesting to me. Um, I'm not. I don't want to sidetrack too much. Yeah. But there's, there's another guy out there. This, this. I just want to talk about the popularity of tabletop for just a second. Sure. And yeah. To, to show yeah. you this. Absolutely. So there's a guy called. I think it's called DM Dave. Is what he's called. And he has a small team of people, and they do, through Patreon, they have a website and a Patreon, um, and it, they have, I'm going to go look it up real quick if I can find yeah. it again. So I was showing my, yeah, DM Dave, Patreon, yeah Dave, Patreon, um, Patreon, DM, because when I looked at it last night, it was 6,600 subscribers. Okay, it's jumped, because last night it was 6,606 subscribers and now it's up to 6,656. So he's gained another 50 subscribers just between last night and today. Mm. And the packages range from $3 a month up to $50 a month. So mm. this guy's bringing in, even if you do the the $3 a month package, he's bringing in 6,000 people, that's 18 grand a month. So if wow. you do the average, he's probably bringing in more like $25,000 a month. And mm. these are not, there's not like an official campaign setting. They're just home-brewed, fifth edition campaign modules that he that this team puts together they're really
0: cool though now i know what you're talking about they're really cool though yeah yeah i am aware of this
2: dm dave was dinging something in my brain i I get ads for him all the time on facebook yeah
0: yeah yeah very cool homebrew campaigns yes
2: and and this is and what i want to say here though is homebrewed like it's it's already a big thing where you have a small guy who's not their team isn't really known. They're not celebrities of the industry, and they've got sixty six hundred people on their patron. And then you have a guy like Chris Metzen who comes out yeah. and drops a Kickstarter. I see this Kickstarter. I made a prediction to my brother last night. I have no idea if it's going to hold true, but I was like, I bet they hit five million on their Kickstarter, and I could be full of, I could be full of it, um, because it has slowed down quite a bit
1: from that days. initial.
2: Yeah, but they, they still got a whole like a whole month. Word left of here. mouth, man. Yeah, yeah, so I mean. Oh. I wouldn't be surprised if it does three to $5 million um, just on Kickstarter and gets like 15 to 20,000 people Um, because tabletop is huge. Everybody loves Chris Metzen and his lore. And you got to admit the theme, like it's like punk rock, eighties metal blended with like, it's like this hybrid cyber (laughs) punk slash fantasy, like eighties metal punk rock. What's not to love? Like oh, it's a really it. unique take,
0: and not to mention all the people too, like that just collect this stuff, right? Like, yes. there's so many people just collect the dice and the books, and True. they read them. They don't even play. They Posters. Just, they read the book like a novel, you know. Read the scenarios, yeah. and um you know, there's a lot of people like that who just and they love just having a, a bookcase filled with that good nerdy stuff. and yep. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm one of them. I hardly play, yeah. right? But I, I, yeah. I get the new D and D books I, when they come out. I, I I follow along, and me and my family play sometimes, right? Like, well, I'll get my kids around, and I want I want to keep the nerd alive in my in my blood, for <laughs> generations. So,
2: I don't have any of the fifth edition stuff, but I do have the complete, and by complete, I mean the entire complete second edition ad and d sets I, I have, I have right. all of the i have all of the leather like the faux leather bound class guides for like the mm-hmm. ranger wizard so on and so forth. it's it's stashed at my sister's house in colorado because it's it but it's it's in a safe place but i will say this because weiss and hickman just signed a new deal and went through the lawsuit and everything else we know a new Dragonlance uh series of novels is coming and i would i would bet money that we're gonna see A Forgotten Realms fifth edition uh, module series of modules come out, and I don't care how much it costs, I will blow (laughs) money on that like you will not believe. (laughs) Um, Do you think since they know
0: that's coming, those Dragonlance series? Do you think that the D and D open world uh, RPG that they're making? Do you think there's a possibility we might? I do.
2: I do. Oh, man, I, think I, there's a, I think there's a possibility, because here's the thing. Everybody knows Forgotten Realms, but they've already done so many games in yeah, Forgotten Realms. I agree. That's why there's this part of my brain that goes, from a business perspective, it would make sense to do another Forgotten Realms game, because it's what people know, and, and it would be a guaranteed sales. But no one has... There has not been a Dragonlance novel or game or anything else for like 20... I could be wrong on this, but it's been like 20 years. It's been a long time. And I feel like especially if you look at how much the lawsuit was for i mean that was a big lawsuit where mm. and hickman said no no you're not canceling that on us no 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 yeah. you, owe us, you owe us tens of millions of dollars the fact that that kind of money is being put into just the books just that new trilogy of books makes me wonder if they're not planning this new spinoff project where this new open world it would be so cool because we've already got neverwinter which is forgotten right. realms. Right. It would be I feel it would be stupid. I'm but I'm not in the no. I'm just from a personal perspective. I feel like why would you do another open world forgotten realms game when you already have an open world MMO that's based on forgotten realms. You also have the new dark alliance that's coming out next in a couple months which mm. is a forgotten realms game. I mean, everything is forgotten realms. The whole 5th edition is is now officially, you know, forgotten realms setting. Um Man, I hope so. I, it, oh, it, it It'd be cool, would, man. It would be a dream come cool, dream come true if it was the Dragonlance setting. It's
0: it's the most common thing I see when I'm oh, perusing through forums and chats about that game. Um, it's uh, that that maybe it's just me because I want it. it. Those just stand out more to me. But I see it often where people are like, "Ooh, please be Dragonlance. please, <laughs> please, please." That would be awesome. I hope so. I'm, yeah, fingers crossed on that. It would yes. be really cool. We'll be nerding out on this show. Yeah, I will sense. not.
2: I will. You won't. I will just be like no lifing on roll twenty like <laughs> yes. Dragonlance campaigns. But that, that. But that. That comes back to this though, uh, Simmer, because you were saying you've never gotten into tabletop. Yeah, top, I'll feel left never. out. So I'll have to. Well, here's the thing though. Like <laughs> I think Ouroboros, <laughs> You know, if it if it hits, its, I see no reason why it wouldn't hit a mm-hmm. deadline. It's supposed to come out next May. So you've got a year to prep. You got a year to wrap your head around it. Make space in your life.
1: All right. Create a cutout. Get your
2: head around it. Cut out 10 hours a week. (laughs) Wait, 10 hours? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) shit. Cut out, cut out a Sunday. You know, a five a five hour chunk on Sunday. Oh, yeah, just no, take two no. more hours
0: out of your sleep session five times a week. There you go. there's are good. 10 dude, hours dude I go. don't need to hear this
1: shit. I don't need to hear. I don't need to hear this. I just, I just read something this week. It was like people that are in their fifties and sixties who only sleep like six or less hours a day out of a thirty percent more increased chance for dementia. I'm like. Fuck I read it. the same article. Did you way. really? <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh no, I that's that. horrible news. And I'm going, oh shit, that's like every day for the past two decades at least. I'm yeah, like, that's oh, that's
0: no, my thing. Dude. Six hours, baby. That's uh, I brag about it. I'm like, hey, <laughs> six, six <laughs> hours, I'm good. I'm I'm perky and drinking my I coffee take naps good to go. every day.
2: So I yeah, I, uh, I might only get five, <laughs> five hours at night, but I do take a nap every day for like uh, two hours. I'll <laughs>
1: Wait, what's this study? Dude. Final topic before we talk about one key component that's going to carry into next week, but the Amazon Game Studios, okay. I'm going to say this just because I want to see the reaction, but canceled their Lord of the Rings game.
2: I'm glad. I was I'm hoping glad. to, you was know hoping know to why? see Redfield it's
1: not Lord of the Rings game.
2: <laughs> for somebody else to talk, because I was going to save my <laughs> mine for the last, because mine is a go bit on, of go go a rant. Go. Yeah, go, go. I'm, go, I'm happy. Go. I'm happy. Oh,
0: I'm, I'm happy it got canceled because it was because of... Communication and dialogue with Tencent, right? They got their claws on yeah, Lord of the Rings, so yeah, yeah. I think Amazon did the smart, wise thing here. Even though they know, they knew no matter what they did, they was going to make you know buckets of money because it's Lord of the Rings, Middle Earth, right? But we all know where Tencent takes games, so we already know what the what the negotiations were like. Uh, we can use our imagination and imagine beautiful loot boxes and cash shops and uh, fountains of. Uh, uh, player-consumer money just pouring into the project. So Amazon's standing up and saying, eh, we'd just rather not do it if we're going to do that to our brand, uh, etc. No big loss to us. We'll focus on New World, right? Because they've been doing some pretty cool stuff in New World. We'll see what happens. But uh, they've taken the problems from last time it was publicly available. It looks like they're correcting them. So focusing on New World, can't do Order of the Rings because of Tencent's got the claws on it. Is a, is nothing but good news to me. I'm happy. I'm happy they stepped away. I think I mean, from a yeah.
1: no, no. Go ahead, Simmer. Oh, mine's basic. Mine's small. My, mine's probably not going to be nearly as much to it. It's just I I had my reservations. I was concerned. <clears throat> it was cool in theory because someone with a lot of money can make an MMRPG. And I feel like you know some on some level, even though some people probably disagree with me, um, I feel like there's probably. I feel like there probably was this element of like we know we can't really f this up because like the the fan base is so massive like they got to know that, but at the same time, um, I'm looking forward to it and all that. Any anything to get into the Tolkien universe and look at some of those earlier eras and everything would be amazing. Um, and just to find out, you know, to actually see it portrayed in some way, uh, outside of the things we've gotten to you know see in the movies and everything. Even though love them or hate them or whatever, it's still nice to get to see this world. I love that. I immerse in that hardcore. Um, so even though they may not, the books may not be uh, you know as tied in and they may not be super congruent and perfectly in, in line with it, um, it's still good because the universe is beautiful and you get to see it. And I got to see it in Lord of the Rings online. And even though it's dated now, it still looks damn good, in my opinion. Um, art style looks, it lasted, you know, especially environment mm-hmm. art style, I think. Um, but it was, it was nice because it, it was just nice to see that maybe we would get another look into the universe. So I'm bummed about that part um, yeah. in regard yeah. to Amazon doing it. I'm kind of torn on that, but what do you think?
2: Uh, Renfell. Well, I think there's a bunch of stuff I want to talk on. Yeah. Um, first, I think you just touched on something that's very important. Um, Cause I, I'm the same way about star Wars in the sense that I'm not a purist. I do prefer the original trilogy. Cause that's the trilogy that I grew up with. I hold the prequel trilogy slightly in less regard. I didn't like it as much when it came out, but as an adult, I've come to appreciate it a lot more, especially the most hated film for me at the time was The Clone Wars. And as I've gotten to be an adult, if you strip the romance BS out of Clone Wars, it's James Bond in space. Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi is James Bond. He has a spaceship, he goes around and he does spy missions and he's tracking people down. And I'm like, That's if funny. you look at it that way, it's 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 just some cool stuff there. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not a purist in the sense that I will watch anything that's Star Wars and I will enjoy it because it's Star Wars even the BS Disney crap I will enjoy it because it's Star Wars mm-hmm. so from a Tolkien standpoint I do also have that mm-hmm. same regard of it would have been nice to see look. but here's here's something that that for me first and foremost I knew it was going to be a cash-up game because the day it was announced a couple years back the company that announced it said that yes it's going to be free to play it's going to be and i immediately as soon as someone says it's free to play you know it's going to have cash shop you know it's going to have loot boxes and everything else and this was before Ten Cent came along and, and and got their claws in it and mm-hmm. my take on it though because i remember i'm pretty sure i did an episode on mondays and mmrpgs during the second season where i talked about I did a little bit of a rant because the press release had just come out, and everyone was like, Oh my god, a new Lord of the Rings game's coming out. It's gonna be so cool. Yeah. And I was like, This is not Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is Third Age, yeah. it's, it's Bilbo, really. Frodo, Gandalf, Aragorn, etc. Yeah. It's Sauron, the ring's been stripped away, it's the destruction of the ring in Mount Doom. That is lord of the rings but of course from a brand name perspective they have to use the brand name otherwise no one's going to care about the new project that they're building so they can't call it like the second age of middle earth it's got to be lord of the rings the second age or something like that but it was this is important the show that amazon is making is the second age show it's set during the time of numenor so that's thousands thousands of years before frodo and bilbo ever existed. And yes, some of the characters from that timeline, like Galadriel, she's a Galadriel is one of the most badass warrior queens any fantasy universe has ever. Like, she went in and kicked Morgoth's ass. Like, this is a, and she was there during Mm -hmm. that time. She was Mm -hmm. one of the elves who didn't fall for Sauron's BS. She was like, You might have a pretty face, but I see through your lies, buddy. And so the show was always going to be set during that time, and that game was going to be set. So my trigger was always, it's not Lord of the Rings, damn it. It's Second Age. And I was always frustrated by people. So when they canceled it, uh, that does suck, because I was looking forward to seeing a game that took a different place. But I do also want to touch on one other thing. Um, Lord of the Rings Online is dated, obviously. Environment art still looks great. Character animations, eh. I still love the game, played a couple times a week. When that European company bought Daybreak, end of last year beginning of this year i don't remember exactly when it was yeah. the press release that was made at the time showed all the numbers for the games that they oh, were purchasing yeah. lord of the rings online is still a very healthy game making 10 plus million dollars a year and in that press release and they have since reconfirmed it since then they are planning a graphical revamp of the game for lord of the rings online to coincide It's planned for 2022 to coincide with the new show that Amazon is launching to take advantage of this new heightened interest in the IP. And I will say this, now that this other game has been canceled, it's only going to drive more people to play Lord of the Rings Online, which I don't think is a bad thing because that Mm. will give them more resources to do new and exciting things with that game now i do not think that lord of the rings online is the perfect game by any means it has some predatory cash shop crap that has spun up over the years as a result of them going free to play but i still think it's a very enjoyable game and i think that as unfortunate it is that this other game got canceled yeah it's not going to be a bad thing for the existing game because it will bring more people to that universe Off but it is sad because it would have been cool to see something different because like yes. I've played the Shadows of Mordor, um, mm. the two games that came out on the PlayStation, nice. those were fun and completely different from anything we've ever seen. And I know they've got a Gollum game coming out right. next year, I believe, which is like a sneaky thief-based game where right. you're playing as Gollum and you're sneaking around. And yeah. you know, who knows what that'll be like? I think that
1: was delayed, it, wasn't it? Was that news? Yeah, pushback yeah, got pushed back a little
2: bit. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, eh, yeah, it's sad that we're not going to get more Middle Earth, but. I agree. At the same time, if it's, I, I just, yeah, Tencent. Definitely I'm torn on Tencent because I've seen Tencent be hands off with some companies, mm-hmm. like they just want a majority stake and they let the company do what they're already like. Path of Exile is a good example. They mm-hmm. let Grinding Gear Games do whatever the hell they want. They just wanted okay. a piece of that pie because it was a big ass pie. Yeah. But then other companies, they come in and they very much want to like with this this because this was a not this was not a licensing issue the company had the license to make an a a tolkien based game it was purely an amazon versus tencent we're not going to be able to come to an agreement in the direction of the game the monetization of the game how much you think you're supposed to get out of it so on and so forth the publishing rights in china versus the publishing rights in the rest of the world that's the type of argument that it was which was just business at that point um and it had nothing to do with licensing because I've seen that going around a lot. Right. People are like, wait, I thought they had the licenses. They did. That's not the issue. The issue right. is money.
1: Yeah, someone brought that up when I was talking about it on Monday, I think, in chat. Someone brought that up, and I was like, I, you know, I can't speak to it because so I, I don't have all the info. I just know like certain bits and pieces that I was chatting about and everything. But um, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'd say that there's like a lot of hype around that. There's been a lot, a lot of hype around a lot of games, and I know this week I even talked about, you know. Some of the hype around ashes and some of that, the ideas of like hype versus excitement, which I think is something we're gonna we're gonna chat about next week. I think something else next week I wanted to dig into is um, I got a question from a developer actually um, that I chat about a little bit recently, and um, they were kind of asking some questions about their gaming, maybe even going into um, you know essentially like you know doing crowdfunding and stuff, and so actually some feedback from fellow uh you know community members here and everything and that's honestly I think that's gonna be a really good uh discussion point for us next week because I feel like talking about these even just these two elements completely aside from anything that could be on the game radar is I think it will be a really full cool show because there's just so many different layers and I think you know i'm kind of curious where we all stand on some things i think some things we'll probably be on the same page about some we may not some we might have different perspectives on um, but that that one's um, that that's a conversation piece i'm really looking forward to so for anybody who's actually listening or watching this later you know buckle up prepare your discussion points and and ideas thoughts and feedback because next time when we we group up we're going to be talking about this whole idea around you know everyone's got that one wish that's today right what's that one wish that one wish we just want a good game and sometimes you know you see developers like i think ouroboros is a great example by chris metzen and the, the company's got right i think that's going to deliver 100 percent. there's a lot of good games out there but when you look at that vast majority of things that go to something like a kickstarter or are looking for like funding help along the way more often than not my perspective is that people are just left disappointed or feeling like they're exploited or um just overall like they're not getting a good game they're getting something that someone wanted money for but didn't really deliver a product on that again is going to tie into things of crowdfunding and all that so for everybody here get ready because we're going to be digging into this, into that whole dynamic and i think that one's going to be a hell of a show honestly um don't know what the title will be sure i'll come up with something fun but with that being said gentlemen it was really great to have you on board today we definitely went the distance today i think we almost pushed a two-hour show one time didn't we
2: one yeah we did. i think you did yeah. a couple like three four weeks ago you did a two-hour show yeah
1: we did and then these are you know i don't know man i'm not i'm not trying to be a you know not predicting anything but today was we're going joe 45. rogan now we're going or to... <laughs> ran plenty right here but hey we'll start with nathan nathan when when you're not here on this show let everybody know your domains you you're where they can find you and all that basically out there in the internet world.
0: Yeah. You can is. find me of course on YouTube. Um, then the Nathan Napalm. And I'm also on Twitter, same name, the Nathan Napalm. And that's my two domains. You can find mm-hmm. me other places, but I don't typically hang
2: out. That's the only two spots I'm at.
1: And uh, Renfell, let everybody know your domains where they can find you. What yep. you're up to. Um,
2: yes. So the first and easiest place is going to be patreon.com forward slash Renfell, but also youtube.com forward slash Renfell. Mm-hmm. I do. Quite a bit of things. Um, most of the stuff I'm working on with Project Dramon, which is our unnamed, that's the mm-hmm. code name for our new project. That's all being done through Patreon. So we do a bunch of stuff there. We do like three posts and four or five videos a week. But then I also do like Mondays and MMORPGs on YouTube yes. uh, with Scribbles from DTN. Yep. And Lexer was with us as well. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us. Yeah. But we have a couple more episodes coming out with him. And then we've got some new hosts that are coming up. Those come out on Mondays. And then I do like my Lotro cooking in real life series, which is a cooking show, and then I play a little bit of Lotro and nice. a little bit of other stuff. Monday musings, where I just jump on and talk about the shows that I watch with my wife and what games I'm playing nice. and stuff. But yeah, Patreon or uh, YouTube are the easiest two places because those have links to Discord and Twitter and TikTok and all the other places you can find what i was doing.
1: Nice. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to get uh, some of those links and stuff to share soon. I'll have my mods drop them next show. Everybody, hell of a show. Another great one. Another one for the books. If you're interested in joining this podcast, right? We've got a couple spaces that I want to fill up a couple spaces. So you can hit me up on Discord. You can join the discord.gg forward slash Simurgh. S-I-M-U-R-G-H. You can hit me up on, if you just want to DM me Simurgh, hashtag 0001. I think it's right. Um, hit me up on Discord if you'd like to join the show. I mean, you can also hit up the show Twitter at the LFM show. Um, and uh, friends, next week's going to be another fun one. So buckle up. Rants a plenty every single time, man. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you again real soon next Thursday. Take it out. Take care, everybody. And uh, I can say this actually real quick. Oh, I love you, Lexer. Paladins fucking rule. All right, bye everybody. <laughs>